0: Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we discuss topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and hopefully need. Before we get into it, I just want to drop a little plug for the 2021 IT Blog Awards. It is now open for submissions. Folks, if you own a technology blog, vlog, or podcast, I encourage you to submit it into this year's competition. You have just a couple of weeks remaining. The submission period will close on Friday, December 3rd. All right, now back to our regular programming. Today, we are talking about Cisco Secure Endpoint and specifically how it offers a very comprehensive solution that stops threats with a simple unified defense, ultimately helping you see more threats, block those threats, remediate faster, and maximize your security operations. To help us guide the conversation, we have some amazing Cisco champion hosts, and not one, but two super knowledgeable Cisco SMEs. So let's get to know those folks with some introductions. All right. Eric and London, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell us more about yourself and your roles at Cisco?
1: Sure. So my name is Eric Howard. I lead a group of technical marketing engineers who are responsible for Cisco endpoint security. What that means is uh, products like Secure Endpoint, AnyConnect, ancillary products such as Orbital, and some of the services and capabilities around uh, those products. And so these SMEs are tasked with helping uh, corporations secure their networks from hackers and internet-based threats with and focus again on endpoint as a point of visibility.
0: You have a team of superheroes.
1: I do. They are a great, great team.
2: (laughs) All right. Uh, My name is London Eubanks. Uh, I am a TME uh, for our Cisco managed security services, uh, in addition to uh, one of our VPN services. So I try to, you know, basically modify our services and products over time to be as best as they possibly can be for our customers. And um, my background is in security operations, so. That helps me out with these uh, security services pretty well.
0: All right. Well, let's get to know our Cisco champion hosts. I am going to go in alphabetical order. So Blaine, who are you? What do you do?
3: My name is Blaine Mulligan. I've worked in the post-secondary IT space for the past 15 years, with my current role being a solution architect for Saskatchewan Polytechnic, where I help the organization find best fit technical solutions for our students and faculty. I work out of our northernmost campus in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, Canada.
0: Beautiful. Evan, my friend, who are you?
4: Hey, Emily. Uh, my name is Evan Mincer. I am an information security manager located uh, just outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I've been doing security for, uh, gosh, half a dozen or so years, and infrastructure before that. Um, I can be found on Twitter at Evan Mincer, which Emily will put into the uh, in, into the description so you can all see the spelling.
0: All right, Liam. Last but not least.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my name is Liam Keegan. Um, I run Twenty Four Seven Networks out of Denver, Colorado. But my uh, my history is is a uh, uh, solutions architect and CCIE. Uh, so I do a lot of work in the collaboration space, security, uh, data center, um, and really my focus is a lot of automation, programmability solutions, and you know, really making sure that when people buy stuff, that it gets put in uh, quickly so they can immediately get some value out of it. So uh, I'm Liam J. Keegan, at Liam J. Keegan on Twitter.
0: All right. Eric, before we kick off the conversation, can you give us some additional detail or background on Cisco Secure Endpoint?
1: Sure, Emily. Uh, Thank you. So Cisco Secure Endpoint uh, is a product that has its feet kind of firmly entrenched in two camps. One is what's been known as EPP or Endpoint Protection. So that means that there are mechanisms inside of Secure Endpoint that help it to protect Um, the user using a system um, and the system itself. Right. So there are protection mechanisms built in to stop the work of attackers uh, being thrown at that system. It also has its feet planted uh, in a technology world called EDR or endpoint detection and response, which means that For the things that may not be caught by the upfront protection mechanisms, um, there is still the notion that we need to observe everything happening on an endpoint without regard to um, a disposition being malicious for a file, but noting behavior, user context, things of that nature, and then make that available when the time for response comes because the time for response will always come. There will be a need to respond to something at some point in the network. And the context of this then, and those are the security uh, parts of secure endpoint. The endpoint part of this means that we cover, of course, the traditional windows environments, um, including both um, extended endpoint. So desktops, laptops, things of that nature, tablets that uh, kind of go back and forth between the, the notion of, of, of of a uh, a laptop and a tablet, um, Windows Server applications. So if it's in a data center, uh, we can cover that. But there also uh, is support for Linux, um, Mac OS, um, iOS, um, Android. And so we've got a pretty broad sense of what it means to cover the endpoint with an eye towards security, and those two technological stances of EPP and EDR being uh, meet, meeting together in 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 one connector. So,
4: so Eric, I'm I'm thinking about what you're talking about, where this comes and thinking about where this comes from. Um, yep. And it kind of sounds like what used to be AMP for endpoints, um, and it sounds like there's some other pieces in there. What, what's kind of the the behind the scenes the history of of where we are getting to today.
1: Yeah, Evan, you hit it right on. So what we now call Secure Endpoint is the thing that is formerly known as AMP for endpoints. And prior to that, we called it FireAmp. And so the history of it leading to Secure Endpoint is actually a small company named Immunet that was acquired by a company named Sourcefire. Uh, Immunet had a free for the download antivirus uh, that was cloud backed. So rather than having huge signature files on the endpoint, it hosted a cloud database and it would do real time lookups of file and uh, file activity, um, some behavior patterns that it would observe and then send up to decision trees in the cloud for machine learning detection styles and things like that um at acquisition by Sourcefire Immunet then set out to make an enterprise ready connector which we first called Fireamp later on uh, amp for endpoints uh, Cisco came knocking on Sourcefire's door, and so I was a Sourcefire guy. And what it was known as for endpoints has become now Secure Endpoint. And the context of that Endpoint Connector that was originally again designed out of the notion of uh, AV has taken on the taken on these new things of EDR, the ability to have response built right into the connector, so that if there's something that does happen on an endpoint and it's not flagged as malicious for whatever reason, the user or the analyst or the, the person in the SOC has the ability to convict a the file themselves and have remediation take action. And then also this notion of visibility being so key without the uh, even, even beyond having protection. Because if I can't see it, I'll never be able to protect against it. And so visibility becomes key in understanding what happened uh, on an endpoint throughout uh, throughout the history of that connector being installed. So starting with EPP, again, from that free for the download Immunet client, maturing that into an enterprise ready client called FireAmp, and then beginning to bake into that extended detection and response capabilities. One of the newest things built into it is a, a, a module We call orbital, right, which allows you to quickly query uh, an asset, an endpoint uh, in real time so I can build a query. And ask that system a question about its current state, about maybe some domain lookups that have already happened and are still sitting in DNS cache. I can pull a host file and see if there have changes been dropped in that host file. Maybe an attacker is trying to avoid the DNS layer and dropping things right at the host file for resolution. Orbital is built upon OS query. And what that means is it uses a structured query language to quickly gain information out of that asset, and that then becomes stitched together for both prevention, detection, response, and a whole host of things that that, that, that uh, might want, might need to be done in a response scenario.
4: So I'm hearing a, a lot of different things and a lot of different, um, I guess, Cisco tools that are out there. You know, I think of like, you're looking at like uh, Lookup, so I think of Umbrella, you're talking about Connectivity, I think of AnyConnect. This isn't just another, like a, a rebranding of AMP then.
1: No, not at all. Not at all, right? So these things, as you mentioned, umbrella, AnyConnect. Um, in fact, they're coming together, right? So Cisco has actually already announced, and uh, the thing we call secure. Client, which will be kind of like the next release of AnyConnect, AnyConnect 5.0, let's call it. And it will have promoted to first-class status, a modular system that includes the secure endpoint piece that we've talked about, which is focused primarily on malware, malware behavior, attacker behavior, things like that. So marrying together, like the access controls, the posture-based inspection that you can get with AnyConnect, marrying that with deep insight of actual system behavior, Calling to attention where things are malicious, known to be malicious, uh, inferred to be malicious based upon activity, uh, ransomware inspection capabilities, a whole host of things as we drive this forward. Um, So the, the end point has many, many things that can be uh, harvested, right? For insight into not only its posture, but its current potential use state. Should we allow it on the network? Who's using it? There's a whole host of things that come from the endpoint. And I would say, you know, the endpoint is actually probably the last best hope to securing our networks because networks are going dark and they're dim already. And so there's some things we need to, uh, we need to, we can only get off the endpoint and this modular approach is, is our way to get there.
5: So it, it, it's really not a matter of if, it's a matter of when somebody clicks on something or when something, you know, happens on an endpoint, right? I mean, that, that's just sort of table stakes at this point. Can you maybe just walk us through what happens when that kind of cohesive vision of secure endpoint is is loaded on an end, end workstation or end device and something happens, right. Can you just kind of paint that picture for us?
1: I can, I can. So, um, The moment you get a secure endpoint installed and you've got the connector running and it's talking to our cloud, there are a few things that happen. Uh, The very first thing that happens is we get a posture of that endpoint. What operating system is it running, right? We get to, we start to build in uh, a catalog of running applications. We might do uh, a scan of what's running right now and what's in the registry for how the system boots up and comes alive so that we know its current state. Has anything been embedded? And maybe something was there before we got the connector installed. We also... Activate some of the discrete engines within the secure endpoint connector like behavior protection, right? That's going to monitor for trusted application use. We can't quarantine PowerShell off of an endpoint, but I can inspect how PowerShell is being used and look for behavior patterns that could be considered problematic um, and, 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 and bring an alert around those things. So that's the first stance. The system gets the connector. It talks through our cloud to understand how it needs to be configured for proper protections. And then it begins to just watch, just watch, learn what's there and watch activity. When we do cloud lookups, we'll return a disposition. And sometimes that will be malicious. But to your point, um, there'll be times, uh, Liam, that, something makes it pass all of those protection mechanisms the email gets through my secure email gateway right the website makes it past my content filters and somebody clicks on the attachment and opens that up it's a true zero day what actually happens so a few things can happen there based upon the Cisco technology in place, but let's stick with the endpoint for a moment. One, I'm going to observe from the endpoint that uh, a file was opened. I will notice, right, that if there is an execution point that happens with that file being opened, I'll see that, track that, and log that as a separate file IO event in the endpoint console. If that activity includes reaching out to a website, I will see that network traffic initiated by that host and then provide insight into the remote IP address, the URL that might be used, all those kinds of uh, telemetry data points that help to enrich my understanding of what's happening on that endpoint. I then have the possibility, if it's a unique truly zero-day file, I could have that file uploaded into a sandbox for sandbox execution and observance and get artifacts out of that so that now when I am in real response mode, I know how to hunt through my organization. I know what artifacts to look for, and I know how to walk back from that, hopefully faster than ever before. And we expose those in a couple views in the endpoint console. Uh, There'll be things like what we call device trajectory which is the expanded view of all system behavior from the moment the connector is installed until you're looking at it in the console or file trajectory. This file you're asking me about, this is everything I know about it. The intelligence, it's history from our viewpoint of the world and our viewpoint of your environment, how it went from host to host, when was the first, what was the first host that it saw this file in your environment, a whole lot of data that helps to paint the complete picture from an endpoint perspective. Now, if you layer in other technologies that we just talked about, be it Duo or Umbrella um, or network technologies like uh, secure email, orchestration of those things becomes like one or two clicks that I can now say block this domain from being accessed an umbrella. So now protection is now instituted across my entire organization. Have duo stop this user from using a trusted business application while we resolve this incident on their endpoint. And when we set that host to resolved, they can go right back to work. So then pinning these things together actually helps to build response again, hopefully faster than ever before. The endpoint gives us a lot of capabilities. But if we start adding on other technologies with it, it just it, we see great, great use cases come out of that.
3: So just to build on on Liam's question, there is a secure endpoint or probably managed EDR something that can, that can be deployed after the fact. Say I'm I'm in an organization we've had a a cybersecurity incident we don't have anything like this currently running. Can I deploy this to help clean up the uh, with the remediation efforts?
1: You can. Uh so we have incident response teams here at Cisco, at Talos, our research organization has within that organization an incident response team that customers call on daily to help them respond to incidents. A part of the deployment of a resource, a person to help respond is also a stack of tools, much like much like any particular organization um, uh, might deploy, not just people, but tools to their environment. Secure Endpoint is one of those tools because it allows for a quick assessment. Of what happened. I can inspect the currently running processes. I can look at registry entries to see the current state. And then, certainly, the ability to uh, respond uh, based upon even outside intelligence is available. To those responders. So if I didn't, if I if we weren't there before, right? The the incident happened, and we're deployed after. I still have the ability to to bring in some 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 response capabilities, query the host through Orbital. Now, when it comes to the 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 managed perspective, um, I actually think London might be able to bring some good insight into some of the things that they've seen by uh, by having Secure Endpoint deployed.
2: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, right off the bat, I totally uh, agree about the CTIR, the Talos incident response team. They would probably be a really good choice if you already know you have an issue, right? And you're coming in and you're saying, I want to deploy something, clean it up, figure out what happened. They're going to be one of your best resources. If you were to uh, come instead into a service like managed DDR, endpoint detection and response, uh, you would, you know, the first thing you're basically going to do is uh, deploy and configure your secure endpoint deployments uh, to all your, your devices. So uh, immediately, like like was just described, it, they're go- all those agents are going to immediately start collecting all of this information about your systems. Any known threats are automatically going to be alerting and picking up. Uh, any unknowns, you could set your policies just right to if you're seeing things executing or open that aren't known, but you think might be related, we could set your policy up to where it just set, sends them right up to the cloud for analysis and uh, secure uh, malware analytics. And uh, we would go from there, Our de- we have a dedicated separate uh, SOC team and intelligence team for our managed security services. So they would come into play immediately. As soon as you're activated in the service, uh, you would be working with them immediately on any incidents discovered, anything, any discoveries. Uh, basically, and they work with you hand in hand we uh part of the service is t- basically creating tiers for uh priorities for your incidents so of course we would tackle the really important stuff first
5: and, and is that something where you can call one eight hundred help me cisco and all of a sudden you're talking to somebody who's got some visibility into your into your infrastructure or into that 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 secure endpoint implementation for in your organization how does that how does that work when i'm Hey, I need I need to leverage that managed DDR. What does that look like for a, for an end user?
2: Right. So you're, if if you're a customer already of managed DDR, uh you can call, uh you can email us. You, we have a live chat functionality as well. Uh there's a, essentially a service portal. So you know you sign up for the service you're coming to a specifically designed portal for that specific service so most of the support elements and the contact elements are right there in that in that portal uh and other other than that i would say like for for an ir engagement uh, as mentioned before you you there's a separate path for that but it's very easy anything you would imagine you can make a phone call you can email you can webex chat us and and we'll set up the engagement for you
1: Yeah, for those customers that uh, have not yet become managed EDR uh, customers, uh, of course, it requires secure endpoint, um, in particular at one of a couple tiers. One is called Advantage. The other is called Premier, and then the add-on component would be that those customers then add on the managed service component that would then give them um, not only the 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 hotline or the bat phone, as you mentioned, right, that they can call in case of an incident, um, but the enriched intelligence from people and processes that have been baked into when we see an event of a sort, what do we do to kind of help get ahead to to auto to help the customer automatically understand what mitigation could look like or should look like etc so there are a couple of different paths that the customer would go to get into the managed capabilities
3: so just to bring us back to something you mentioned earlier there Eric um, with the zero days how does secure endpoint managed DDR keep up with the kind of the, the, the global threat analytics and new zero days that are coming to light.
1: Yeah. So it starts with our research organization. Talos is that that research organization. I've mentioned them once before. And so let me just make sure there's a level set. I know the champions audience may know who Talos is, but if there's a new listener, right, Talos is a. Research organization inside of Cisco who is tasked with not only securing intelligence but their own novel research and ensuring that their novel research and the intelligence that they partner with to gain or get insight from is then pushed into the products. So that means that you can't buy a Talos intelligence feed. They don't sell their work, they work independently and um, they are tasked with, again, ensuring that both detection, protection and visibility capabilities are driven into every single product, not just the endpoint, but every single product. So the network products such as the IPS and NGFW, um, the secure email gateways, the content gateways for web traffic, as I mentioned, All of those uh, products have people inside of the Talos org who think about the research being done, the intelligence we have at hand, and then how that fits for their product need. Now Talos and Cisco, right? Together, uh, Talos being a part of Cisco is a better way to say that means that Talos has visibility through our product sets to more traffic than any other research organization uh, in the world outside of government research orgs, right? They have the ability to see from the last numbers I saw uh, about two thirds of the world's Internet traffic and for customers that choose to use Cisco products and allow us to build telemetry for them. That means that we get more telemetry than any other. We get a good sense of the capabilities of an attacker um, through novel research and understanding of the environments that we are protecting for our customers. That's where it starts. Now, as London mentioned, there is actually a separate intelligence team that is connected to the managed work. And I'll let London talk to that intelligence team, how they build on top. But the ground foundation for all intelligence work, all all novel research research as it goes into products is Talos. And they've got a great blog and website, talosintelligence.com that I encourage everybody to check out to see what they're doing, the work they're publishing, the ILCs they're giving you to use to hunt through your organization to see if there's a sign of an attacker. But London, I think you can provide better insight into the intelligence at the managed layer
2: yeah absolutely so dedicated intelligence team for the managed DDr service right uh it's basically a smaller team it's not as big as talos right they're they're pretty huge but um we we leverage as much as possible talos uh information uh, like Like Eric just said, it's built into the tools, but it still helps to be on the cutting edge, right? On the leading edge of this stuff. So, if there's new APT TTPs, you know, new campaigns against whatever industry, um, they communicate those types of things. So that's really cool because then our service is able to adapt, basically, you know, on a daily basis to what should we be looking for. Um, I wouldn't say that the managed DDR service is primarily focus on, uh, you know, something like zero-day hunting or anything like that. Uh, but I think, you know, the the main uh, message for a managed security service like this is you're getting the human element. You're not just getting an alert that you have to interpret and figure out what happened and figure out what to do. You're, you're getting an alert and then you're getting a synopsis of what happened and you're, they're telling you exactly how many people were impacted, exactly how they're impacted, exactly what you need to do. What is the threat? What is the priority? Giving you everything laid out right in front of you in a single view so that you can just say, what do I need to work on today, right now? What's important? What is the hot, top priority?
4: Yeah. So we, we've talked about, you guys talked about different um, security tools that Cisco has. We talked about Umbrella and Talos and all these different things that we have. I'm, I'm kind of thinking, how much does a company really need to get started? I mean, do, do they need to go out and they have to buy all of these components to get started? Can you know having just secure endpoint? Does that help them along and and get them secure and and maybe they can start you know because I know there's some free stuff, but there's some pay for stuff.
1: Yeah, no, no, good question. Um, so they can start with just secure endpoint, and in fact, the MEDR service that London has 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 been talking about. Uh, only uses Secure Endpoint. It's not built around any additional products or other products. Um, It is endpoint focused. It doesn't require any other products. And for customers who do start with Secure Endpoint as their entryway into the Cisco security stack, right? not only do they get Secure Endpoint, but they also have, as I mentioned, the Orbital tool, which allows for querying assets. But they then gain access to a tool we call SecureX. SecureX is for us a cloud platform. So it's native to the cloud and it provides a couple of things. One is an ability to enrich um, uh, through intelligence, the, 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 the event data that is being generated by one or multiple Cisco security products. So included with secure endpoint is secure X, no additional costs, no other charges, no other line items on, 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 on a PO it is included. So you get the ability to import your own intelligence into the place you're already looking at events. It also gives you SecureX provides a way to orchestrate response. So, input, right, intelligence, which enriches orchestration, which means I can take an event and build actions based on the event data and the enriched data, and then decide how do I respond against that. So, SecureX enables that again natively. Now, Truth be told, if you add multiple products together, you certainly start to get some what we would consider like almost exponential gains. If I add umbrella to secure endpoint and use secure X to pivot from one to another, I'm answering questions faster than ever before. If umbrella triggers an event, that's a great clue but it doesn't tell me why or what process on the endpoint that it flagged actually made the request out to this site that hosted ransomware. It's great that I know that there was a system that did this and you blocked the connection for me, but what was the process that actually tried to reach out as a part of this ransomware run that only comes from having secure endpoint and being able to quickly pivot by seeing something in an umbrella, right click, drop into the endpoint, get Orbital to run a query for you and say, this is the process that reached out to that domain. Those kind of answers come if you do have multiple products. But to your point, Evan, you can start with one and still have great power and ability, if you, especially if you enable its connection to SecureX.
5: Well, and I think that maybe expanding on that is like, that sounds great, but you know it really is like, if, if an organization can actually realize that value quickly, that's what makes it powerful, right? And I mean, we've deployed piles of AMP for endpoints and quite literally it's you go to the portal you can pick a default policy you can download an msi or a package file or or you know whatever is appropriate for your operating systems deploy it out in either audit mode or you know even even protection mode if you're if you're experiencing something and it's not weeks and months and years of 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 you know project creep and scope creep it's literally in days hours to days you can have that protection without sending people to school, without, you know, extensive training, I mean, it's it's that good. And then, you know, with our experience, tying that back to SecureX has been unbelievably powerful because then you take, you know, Amp for Endpoints plus, or I'm sorry, Secure Endpoint plus Umbrella, immediately glue it into SecureX, and all of a sudden you've got what, 70, 80% of your visibility just right there for everything that your clients are doing. I think that that's like, the the the, the point that I want to make is that this stuff is very obtainable you don't need to be JP Morgan Chase. You can be a small, you know, to mid-sized business and get that same level of protection that the biggest clients do, the biggest, the biggest consumers of this do.
1: Yeah, Liam, to to your point, right? And I I've had and helped customers uh deploy deploy secure endpoint, amp for endpoints now since 2013. And we've had environments where we've deployed to 25,000 connectors in a matter of four hours, just done, right? Drop it into um, a system um, such as SCCM, right, or external systems like case or whatever the deployment tool might be. And once we we've got a couple policy pieces done and to your point there, we actually have policy recommendations based upon the type of deployment you're doing. You're doing servers. Great. We got a policy for you to start with and some recommended exclusions for you to include right out of the box to get you up and running fast. And so deployments can happen very, very quickly. But uh, again, if you couple that with Securex and you've got another tool, even driving it faster and better for the point of resolving issues. So you've got Secure Endpoint by itself, SecureX enabling lots of great outcomes. And then if you add another tool, we think it's an even better story to tell then. So with all these
3: great um, cloud service offerings kind of tying together um, with, with Secure Endpoint, SecureX, etc., is artificial intelligence or machine learning being leveraged to uh, provide additional device protection or or detection capabilities?
1: Yeah, Blaine, it is. Um, ML has been a part of Secure Endpoint um, since I've been working with it, uh, again, since about 2013. Um, In the early days, uh, and, and that was probably the early days of will become what we call the early days of AI and ML 2013. Um, even then, right, we were watching patterns of behavior of executables to see what DLLs have been loaded, right? To look at uh, all points of execution, to see uh, what we could grab. And we would build what we called um, a, a, a fingerprint for lack of a better term, upload that fingerprint to the cloud, what it actually provided to our cloud systems were uh, directions for our decision trees to take, right? When execution happens, what do we see happening? Then turn left, right? At the next point, what do we see? Another library loaded, turn right. And what it would do is drive towards an inference based upon how we see something having executed, We consider that to be malicious, and we're going to tell you so. That's been around since, again, the very early days. There's a team of researchers that are connected to to Talos um, uh, that that work on nothing but AI and ML technologies, and they've done this across uh, StealthWatch-generated telemetry. They've done this around uh, web-generated telemetry with uh, our our former uh, cloud web security product. And their work drives all of the AI ML stuff that comes to life in Cisco's security. They are the advanced researchers that are very well-versed in how ML can help and shape uh, understanding of an asset's normal behavior, introduction of things that could be problematic, whether it be from a file point, a network point, or a user instantiated uh, instance, something that kicks off because of a user action, and then stitching together the pieces to understand in context what really happened. They are also working on stitching together the disparate telemetry pieces. So I mentioned StealthWatch, right? Long-term flow collection and analysis. Cloud web stuff, right, which has to be transactional, real time. I can't slow down web traffic uh, like I might do with, uh, um, with an email or I can pause delivery to somebody's inbox while I assess uh, the behavior of the file attachment. But they're able to stitch together these multiple pieces of telemetry from the endpoint, from the email devices, from web content devices, from long-term flows through stealthwatch analysis, and say we've seen some novel things in your organization. Here's what we've seen. We've applied this to real problems already, with our ability to look at encrypted traffic analysis and all and catch. Known issues inside of encrypted traffic through the use of AI and ML technologies, and now they're applying that across the broader product set.
4: So, so Eric, you're you're talking about stitching all these things together in different. I'm, and I'm I'm envisioning when I deployed Umbrella into my my network, it was just it was a tile on top of AnyConnect, and it, you know I had to worry about if I'm upgrading AnyConnect, will it break Umbrella and the other tiles and stuff like that? So it, it, that's not the same now, is it?
1: Huh. No. So the stitching together I'm talking about is particularly to the cloud. What you're you're referencing, Evan, is how are we stitching this together on the endpoint, right? And so that's what, couple- that's
4: what when you're talking about stitching, that's what I'm thinking about is like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm putting it all on the endpoint and I'm like, I'm just shoving agent after agent after agent on the endpoint. It's not going to work too well.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. We hear that all the time. Um, agent fatigue is a real thing. Connector fatigue is a real problem. How many, you know, things will actually have to run in my, you know, my task tray? How many icons will I have to explain to my users? And so as we continue to drive forward endpoint capabilities, we are working to reduce that greatly. So I mentioned something earlier, we've been talking about secure endpoint and I did mention earlier thing called secure client, right? That's the coming together um, of these endpoint technologies that we've been talking about. Secure endpoint, umbrella, duo, uh, any connect, right? And, Providing a a, a single way to manage what gets enabled, right? Based upon customer's entitlement, what might you choose to enable? Well, I've got AnyConnect. Let's get that on there. The framework's down. What else do I want to have now? I might want Orbital. I might want the endpoint, secure endpoint. I might want Umbrella. Have all those things managed by a central thing on that system. That's the goal. That's the end piece so that there is not this sense of connector fatigue. Because we know end users at the end of the day, they will try to try to remove the last thing installed if they think that's causing their problem. And so we do need a better way to kind of help get them, you know, get get their systems running cleanly and clearly, but also help people uh, like London who have had, to, and all of you, right, who have had to manage endpoints, get the technology there and working in a way that you need so you've got the data you want.
2: Uh, I was just I was just going to say I think it's we see I see this as a natural evolution in the industry right because everybody wants AI everybody you know can agree that it's super powerful to find anomalies and to know that when something executed it didn't take the path expected or you know something was changing your system that it shouldn't have been or changing a way that it shouldn't have been and the fact is right now that you with systems and devices the way that they are, you have to have an agent. And I think Cisco is doing the right thing. We're trying to combine, consolidate those agents down into a single thing that you just deploy one thing. And if you want to add umbrella in the future or whatever it is, you know, these are more like plug into that same agent and you incur the least amount of impact, both in deployment and, you know, resources and performance. And on the other side of things is, is the cloud, right? Where, uh, you know, maybe you have secure endpoint, but you also want to look at your network. So you have some StealthWatch cloud type stuff or, or uh, umbrella, et uh, You Maybe want to look at your email. You have secure email. That's awesome. So we're trying to bring that all into a single console, a single GUI for the user. And that's something like SecureX, right? So we're trying to bring everything into a single agent, everything into a single console for you. I think that's
1: kind of the future is, is the right thing to do. Simplicity, right? Simplicity yes. is key.
4: Yep. So I'm, yep. not, I'm not reading like 15 different release notes to see if they all work together.
1: <laughs> uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, we're, we're working on better ways to deliver all of this. And so hopefully not.
5: Is, is Secure Client cloud managed or is that on-prem?
1: So Secure Client will actually have a capability of going either way. There will be customers who move forward uh, because they are long-term AnyConnect customers and this next version of secure client uh, for all intents and purposes, we can, you know, just between us and the thousands of people listening, we can call it AnyConnect 5.0, right? Um, And so there will be those who need some of the new capabilities coming in AnyConnect 5.0, but choose to not run. I'm thinking, right, some three letter government agencies, things like that. They will not do the public cloud. So they may choose any connect, but not these components that we're talking about today that require public cloud services such as Umbrella, et cetera. But then there is a whole swath of customers who are already in the public cloud. They're using Secure Endpoint. They're using Umbrella. They're using Duo. They're using StealthWatch Cloud Analytics. And for them, it becomes a A question of, hey, I can gain simplicity at the connector level by bringing these things together and still maintain my access level controls that AnyConnect gives me um, and the level of posture assessment that AnyConnect can provide me. That's the path for me. And so there are going to be two groups, two camps, right, based upon really how they've deployed and what other requirements they have for their organization.
5: Well, if you can if you can solve the problem of having the poor support engineers that have to sideload all the packages on ASAs and Firepowers, if you can solve that for them, I guarantee you somebody will send you like a fruit platter.
1: <laughs> Long as it had mangoes on it, I'll take the fruit platter. So.
3: There we go. I'll take one too. Um, with all this talk about device protection. Does Secure Endpoint uh, do anything to protect uh, the user identities as well?
1: So Secure Endpoint does have some insight into user identity. Um, If we see processes running under a user context, we're able to grab that off of the endpoint, populate the data so that it's decorated properly so that we can see under which context an application ran, which could also help us gain insight into things like what could the point of exposure have been based upon, again, that application's user context. But then there are two other things that I think we need to talk about, right? If I've got Duo, which is even far more targeted towards user insight, behavior, and protection around the user context, then that gives me a great combination of like a one, two punch, if you will, between secure endpoint and Duo. Because if secure endpoint sees um, a problem on an endpoint, Duo can block that user, not just at that endpoint, but based upon the Duo policy Anywhere that user might try to authenticate to a trusted application. So let's say we see something that triggers and it looks like, you know, maybe data X field or CNC traffic. And we just need to block that user while we check things out because Duo's cloud, Secure Endpoint is cloud they natively talk to each other. You pin them together through their consoles and do what will automatically see. Hey, you've raised an incident on that host. Who was that user? Got it. I'm going to stop that user from using business applications until you tell me you've remediated on that host. And when they're done, when you're done, I'll let that user go back to work as uh, as they, they, they expect to. But then there's something new inside of SecureX that has even deeper or broader user context because it comes from multiple places. It's called Device Insights. So Device Insights is a new tool inside of SecureX that seeks to provide for the sake of redundancy, insight into your devices, right? And so that also includes user information that Duo can provide, that Orbital can confirm on the endpoint, that uh, an MDM can provide insight into. And so we can enrich data from multiple points, be it device data, user data, or other pieces that might help to respond faster. So I guess when are we gonna start seeing the secure endpoint? coming
4: to us we'll secure again. client is that the piece secure you're talking cl- about Evan? well yeah, yeah it's all the pieces yeah
1: yeah yeah so secure client i expect to see in beta uh early 2022 um, I, There are alpha releases that I'm playing with now and other folks on my team are playing with Um, early 2022. We're hoping to have the beta ready to go. And we're going to bring a bunch of customers in for that beta. They're already building the beta list out and they'll be from both camps. As I mentioned, those who want the Indiconnect 5.0 capabilities and then those who want all the cloud backed capabilities and Indiconnect 5.0 together. So we'll run that, that, that dual camp beta. And once we're ready to go, we'll have this thing out. I can't give you a commit date on that uh, because I am little, in the product yeah, it's team. It's early. <laughs> it's early. It's early. So, so. so
4: what in London, what about Managed DDR?
1: Manage
2: DDR, uh, if all goes well, should be coming next month. So, a yeah, matter of weeks. Yeah.
0: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic job, guys. Wonderful episode. Um, to our listeners, if you want to learn more about what we talked about today check out the links in the description below we're not going to leave you hanging we want you to continue your learning also i have to remind you every episode you could subscribe to cisco champion radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases so please wherever you're listening to us make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button now i hope you all enjoy today's episode see you next monday